Let me uh, jump right into Scripture, John chapter 8, verse number 12. Um, We're in a series called Breaking Agreements, and so you don't want to miss the next couple weeks because next week's going to deal with my issues and your issues all in one. I'm going to tell on myself. I'm going to tell on you. It's going to be great. John chapter 12. John chapter 8, verse number 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from, and you don't know where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid his hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Today I want to talk to you from the subject, I agree to disagree. Amen. You can be seated today. I agree to disagree. James chapter 4, verse number 1, James is writing and he says something very interesting. He said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Why is there so many disagreements among humanity? In fact, some of you are sitting here today, and how can two walk together except they agree? But yet, you're in this church and I see a few different jerseys on that are in disagreement today. Some of you are still Charger fans. And some of you are Cowboy fans. Some of you are Raider fans. Some of you are Patriot fans. Nobody's a Patriot fan, okay. We agree on that. But as for the rest, we'll just agree to disagree. Um, Some of you love cats. Some of you love dogs. We'll just agree to disagree on that. Um, There are so many disagreements that, in fact, we have uh, the politics that are coming up next year. And I'm just not going to ascribe to to not like half of the people who vote like I don't vote. I know I have a disagreement with different people, but I don't expect you to vote like I vote. It got quiet. We'll just agree to disagree, okay? Um, When you have your family gathering for the holidays uh, this season, some of you, you're not going to even meet with some of your family because of disagreements. Some of us here today, although we're in the same church building, we don't have the same church biblical beliefs. Some of y'all speak in tongues around here. I heard five of you. And the rest is like, yeah, they weird. They weird. You're not supposed to do that in public. And like, I'm going to do that. Shabaha! 
I'm going to do that in public. And you're like, what? That was weird. That's gibberish. You know, it's angelic language, people. Look, I'm getting you guys all split. A little Pentecostal and Baptist fight right now. Come on. Biblical disagreements. But what I do understand from our agreements and our disagreements is that we can't agree on everything. And uh, we'll never agree on everything because the second part of what James says is, why is there so many fights and quarrels among you? And then he makes a statement, but he forms it as a question. People do that a lot. A lot of times, 90% of the time, people that are asking questions, they're not asking questions, they're making statements. And James says this, he says, uh, is it not the desires that you battle within? He's saying all the disagreements that you have in this life, all the fights that you are having externally are not actually fights that are happening externally first. All the external confrontation and complex issues that you are experiencing actually have a lot to do with this thing called desire within that you want to be fulfilled. Are you really fighting about where we're going to eat tonight? Or are you desiring to be validated and loved and heard? Every fight outside of you is one that James is saying starts inside of you. But if we can come to the fact to agree that we'll never all agree on everything, primarily because I wouldn't recommend that you agree with me with everything because I am highly offensive. You too, my friend, are highly offensive, whether you've admitted it today or not. We all have issues. In fact, the Bible says, not some have sinned, not your mother-in-law has sinned, but all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if we're going to have disagreements and we're going to be in life where there's complexities to our human condition, I want to take the text that we read today from John chapter 8, and I want to give four statements that Jesus made to create healthy disagreements. It's okay to disagree, but you should be healthy in your disagreements. Come on, let somebody say amen. Online, say amen. And so I want to start by opening John 8 and 12, where Jesus said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of the life. And if you're going to have a healthy disagreement, we should adopt the statement of Jesus, because he says this, I know who I am. I know who I am. And he comes and uh, this, this is a time where they're having the, the festival of lights in John chapter 8 because the temple is recaptured. A man comes and he uh, places oil that he only has for one day to light the candle. When he lights the candle, it miraculously burns for eight days. And so now it illuminates the temple, it illuminates the pathway, and it is a miracle of light. So it is this tradition to celebrate the festival of lights. So Jesus shows up, and what does Jesus say? He says, hey guys, hate to crash your party. I'm the light of the world. 
Sounds a little narcissistic, but he's not being narcissistic. He's being confident. I'm the light of the world, and whoever walks with me walks in light, and if you don't, you walk in darkness. The issue with Jesus saying this is he's not trying to start a fight, but his presence starts confrontation. And when you know who you are, you may not be looking for a fight, but you'll show up in places, and your very presence causes tension in the room when you know who you are. You make other people uncomfortable who don't know who they are when you know who you are. And so uh, he knows who he is. He has this identity that he says, I know who, I, you don't know who I am, but I know who I am. And some of us, uh, we have an unhealthy disagreement life because we have a bad perception of who we are. We don't have an identity, but we have something I like to call a lie identity. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. I got an okay from Canelo right here. Uh, I haven't heard you say amen in two years, brother. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. In biblical times, strongholds were walls of protections that, that people built to protect themselves. Here's the issue with a lie identity. A lie identity is a stronghold that builds walls around one's thought process to protect our lies. And we get our identity from the lies. For example, um, maybe some of you here or online have experienced loss and death. And experiencing loss and death, you go through a grieving process. But over the years, 13 years later, 15 years later, you start to feel like you're losing the grief. And something becomes very sad about losing the grief because the grief is the last attachment to the last thing you lost. And when you lose the grief, it feels like you're also losing who you lost. So you build walls around the lies of grief to hold on to what you lost. Some of you were daddy's little girl. And daddy's little girl uh, had a hero in her perception. But as you grew a little older, daddy's little girl realized daddy might be an alcoholic and abusive. But if I don't hold on to who he was and what he did, then maybe I'll lose being daddy's little girl. So I would rather keep the lie and the tradition of alcoholism so I can keep the connection to my father. And I start building my whole identity on a lie and it becomes a stronghold to who I am. Uh, this is what happened in the garden that uh, the enemy comes to attack identity. And he says, if you eat of this tree, you'll be more like God. He says this to Adam. But the issue was this, that, that God says, whatever you see in this garden, you can partake of, just not this one tree. And the enemy got him to focus on lack. And the moment he focused on what he didn't have, he started looking for a lie identity. The moment he started putting his focus on what he couldn't partake of, he started becoming blind to what was available to him.
Let me say it this way. When you focus on who you are not, it will hold you back from being who you are. When you focus on what's against you, you'll forget on who's for you. When you focus on the lack of resource, you'll forget to be grateful for your daily bread. When you focus on the negative, you'll forget to say, thank you, Jesus, that I have breath this morning. And the enemy wants to build on the foundation of lies rather than building your identity on Christ. And so now when you come in with a lie identity rather than an identity and you don't know who you are, disagreements all of a sudden become disruptions to your life. Disagreements become disasters to your life. Now, if somebody offends you, you don't talk to them for five years. I could disagree with you and go to the movies after we disagree because our disagreement does not threaten my identity. You could cuss me out and then ask me to Venmo you $20. And I won't Venmo you $20, but it's not because you cussed me out. Some of you love grudges and offenses because when they disagreed with you, they start to distort your identity and because you didn't know who you were, you felt like you had to please them in order to be you, but you don't realize you don't have to please them to be you if you know who you are. You don't have to be jealous of other people because it doesn't threaten your identity when you know who you are. You're not competing with anybody else when you know who you are. And I could disagree with you. I can have a different football team than you. I can vote how I want to vote and say it publicly. And that does not impact my identity because my identity is built on Christ. I know who I am. Some people, they hear, somebody was talking about you. I, I don't care. Did they say something good or bad? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Did you hear what they said about I, I don't care what they said about me. What does that have to do with me? It threatens not my identity. And Jesus said this. He said, some of you are detectives. You, you'll track down. What did they say? You, you'll, get, you'll bring witnesses. So when they said it, how did they say it? And you'll respond passively on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You don't need to do that when you know who you are. And Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if, and if my identity offends you, then you need to work out you. It's good. Amen. Number two. I know who I am, and I know where I came from. John 8, 14, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true for I know where I came from. The issues with disagreements is if you don't know where you came from, then you won't know why they're triggering you. If you don't review your past, you might not understand your present. Your past is either a problem or it also might have purpose in it. So the purpose part, let me uh, tell a story about Jonah. Jonah, uh, God asked him to go speak to Nineveh. 
He doesn't want to speak to Nineveh, so he runs from God. He gets swallowed by a fish. He's in the darkest place of his life. Uh, And this fish, the whole way as he's going through the process, is on the way to help him preach the people he needs to preach to. And so he's going through a preparation process. The people of Nineveh, uh, they served idol gods. And one of the gods they served was the god Dagon. Dagon was a half man and half fish. And so uh, I could imagine as Jonah's pulling up to the, to the seashore that this fish uh, opens its mouth and spits him out. And the people who are serving the, the half man, half fish, they look to the man walking out of the fish, preaching to them that our God is greater than the fish. That's an example of your past being filled with purpose. Because when you've been swallowed by addiction, and it spits you out. The people who are stuck in addiction, you say, my God is greater than addiction. I was swallowed by something, but I've been delivered from it. Because sometimes you don't have the authority to speak through things you've never been through. But when you've been through some things and you twitched a little bit and you had some relapse a little bit, when you've been through some things and, and you've become a widow, then all of a sudden when you've been through some grief, that now you know the language of it. So you don't just say, uh, try to fix people, but you know how to walk with them with tears. And so you've been swallowed by something. So everything you've been through has been a preparation season to speak to your purpose. I know where I came from. I know I've been brokenhearted, so I preach to the brokenhearted. I know I've been through hell, so I preach to keep you out of it. And so, what have you been through that God's prepared you to actually have a voice of authority in? The second thing, I know where I'm from. I know where I'm from may be a problem. Some of you don't realize that for four generations, your parents are alcoholics. Your grandparents were alcoholics, and your grandparents' grandparents were alcoholics. And you say, I'm just going to have a casual drink. It's nothing against it in the Bible. Look it, you can drink what you want to drink. Some Modelo, some Hennessy, vodka, do what you want to do. I'm not condemning you. I just know I can't do that because I, I know where I'm from. There's some things that you can do that I can't do because I know where I'm from. I know the enemies that's been assigned to my family, and I know that enemy is the same enemy that's ultimately trying to destroy the calling, not just on me, but on generations. And some of us don't know the schemes of the enemy, but you can trace it in your family. Divorce, 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 adultery, adultery. Be aware of where you're from because the enemy has a common pattern of destruction throughout generations. And so he says, I know where I'm from. Let me tell you this part though. In the bigger picture, what he meant is I know where I'm from. And if you know you're not just from your parents, if you know you're not just from your problems and you're not just from a preparation season, but you know, as Psalm 139, 13 says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows well. I know that I'm a child of God. I know I'm the thought of God and God had me in mind to send me to this generation to cause trouble for the devil. I know where I'm from. Do you know where you're from? I'm from the thought of God, the heart of God. I'm not an accident. 
I'm not a oops baby. I'm an on-purpose baby. I'm not a one-night stand baby. I'm an on-purpose baby. I know where I'm from. Number three, I know where I'm going. If you're going to get into a disagreement, you might find a lot of inner conflict if you don't know where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, people will be sure to tell you where they want you to be. People will get you in the car to go on different assignments that you weren't actually supposed to be going, but because you don't know where you're going, it's like the blind leading the blind. John 8, 14, he said this, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. This means that I live a life that is driven by mission. And so if I don't know my vision and I don't know my mission and I'm not clear on where I'm going, then I say yes to everybody and to everything. But when I say yes to something, I'm automatically saying no to something else. So when you ask me to do something, you say, hey, can you come fix my car? Don't ever ask me that. That would be horrible for you and your car. But if I say yes, I might be saying no to my kid's soccer game. Every time you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to something else. And when you have no vision and no clear mission, then you'll say yes to the wrong things and no to the right things. Colossians 4.17 says this, and say to Archippus, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to name each and every one of you here today. If you're going to have a kid, uh, I'm not going to follow my own advice. Maybe you can consider the name Archippus. And I say to Archippus, little A, little Apis, <laughs> little Chippis, no. Pay attention to the ministry that you have received in the Lord so that you may fulfill it. What's distracting you from paying attention to the ministry that God's given you so that you can fulfill it? The writer said, hey, pay attention. I have four children, one on the way, so this is a common phrase in our house. Hey, pay attention. And the writer says, hey, stay focused, pay attention. God has a ministry for you, and the only way you'll fulfill it is if you pay attention to it. If you focus on the, not, don't focus on the ministry that they have. Don't focus on what they're called to. Focus on what God's called you to do, and what you've been called to do is the assignment. It's good enough. And pay attention that you might and that you may, and that you will fulfill it. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God's a good planner. He's like, before I send them, I'm going to have a grace in their life that's going to be discovered as they journey. 
And so I just want to encourage someone today, you do have a ministry. You do have a calling and you do have an assignment. It's not your God. It's not to, to lord over you. It's not to accuse you or condemn you if you don't feel like you're operating in it. But God has a plan and a ministry. So pay attention to it, fulfill it, and don't be distracted by disagreements. In fact, some of us are arguing and in disagreements with people because they're not helping you fulfill your ministry. But their assignment is not to fulfill your ministry. Their assignment is to fulfill their ministry. And you're like, nobody believes in me. Nobody has my back. They won't, they, they won't sponsor it. They won't fulfill it. Nobody, and I was there for them. It is not their job to fulfill your ministry. It is your job to fulfill your ministry. Pay attention to the ministry that God has given to you so that you may fulfill it. And don't, and don't overthink it. Maybe your ministry in this season is raising your children really well. So change those diapers and fulfill it in Jesus' name. Maybe your ministry is your job in this season. Maybe your ministry is going to coffee and saying hi to people. It doesn't have to be a stage because the world is your stage. But pay attention to what God has assigned you so that you can fulfill it. I know where I'm going. I don't need to fight with anybody. I know what God's called us to do. We preach the message of grace in this house. And you're like, no, we need more law. Go to a different church. We're not going to do it. Or stay here and, let you, and learn that the law has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. We need more truth. Okay. I'm going to keep preaching the truth of God's grace. We believe in discipleship here. We're not the best at it yet, but we're going to get good at it real quick. You're like, I don't know. I just want to go to church where it's cool music and convenient, and we don't need any commitment. Well, come, but if you're a Christian, that's called backslidden. I'm going to take a season off. A season's, uh, it's four months. It ain't four years. So <laughs> that's called retirement. <laughs> I know where I'm going. Number four, I'll close with this. I know who is with me. He says this in John 8, 18. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. I think in all of our agreements and disagreements, have you ever been like fighting with somebody? Just talk to me. Have you ever gotten a fight with somebody? <laughs> you guys are all ashamed. Yeah, did that this morning on the way to church. It's terrible. You ever gotten a, a, a fight with somebody and, and all of a sudden you realize, like, what, what if I were to, we were to jump up in your fight and be like, hey, where's Jesus in it? Imagine you're like, you blankety blank. And Jesus right there be like, hey, say, when you're done, say in Jesus' name. But, like you blanky to blank in the name of Jesus. He, he's with me right now. Take him out, Jesus. It's amazing how we conveniently like lose Jesus when we lose our temper. We're like, Jesus who? Jesus Christo what? 
But so many times in our disagreements, there's, there's a sense of being alone and there's this need to justify ourselves. And we gotta be right. But the, the issue is you could be right and lose the relationship. Don't sacrifice the relationship to be right. And what happens is we forget that we don't need to justify ourselves. And this is what they told Jesus. They're like, you witness of yourself? Not valid. The law says you need, you need two witnesses. And so this is what we do. We get in disagreements and we seek to justify ourselves. You didn't take out the trash. You didn't do the dishes. You didn't pick me up a meal on the way home. You didn't kiss me last night. It's funny because from this uh, vantage point, I get to see everybody. <laughs> um, so don't give yourself away, but anyway. It's like, it's not valid for you to speak for yourself, to justify yourself. And he's like, oh, oh, no, no, you, you don't understand. My testimony, what I say, my word is good. What I say is good because my father also witnesses to me. My father justifies me and what I'm saying right now. I can disagree with people because I'm not fighting to justify myself, to prove myself right, to make a point. But I know I can make a difference because my father justifies me. These are the worst kind of fights. When people do and say crazy things and you're nice enough to not tell the other half of the story and people tell their side of the story and try to paint you as a villain, but when you feel no need to justify yourself because your father justifies you, you don't need to prove to anybody your case. And a lot of us are presenting our cases and we want to, yeah, yeah, but you know, you know what they did too though, right? Maybe you didn't hear the other side of the story. But for what good? Wisdom refrains her tongue and says the Lord is the one who validates and justifies and witnesses to me and for me. I think about Joseph in Genesis 39, one through two, and I'm really closing. And when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was a captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And verse number two is where it changes everything in my perception. It says, and the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was left in a pit to die. He was stripped and abandoned. He was sold as a slave. He went to prison and then became the leader of the prison that he was supposed to actually be the inmate in. Imprisoned and forgotten. But through all of the story of Joseph, you see in verse two that it says, he did pretty good because God was with him. What a lonely place to not be able to give your side of the story if you don't have the revelation that God is with me. In betrayal, choose honor 
rather than vengeance. Choose honor rather than self-justification. Don't try to get back at people. Just get embraced by Jesus. Don't try to get them, don't try to get the people who caused you tears to wipe your tears. But know that God is with me. What an assurance I have that I don't need to agree with everything you do or say, and I don't need to actually control everything you do believe or think or say. But I know that God's with me, and I pray that God's with you, and you're on this journey of grace to discover who God is in more beautiful ways, and I know you'll figure it out. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. We move from imparting and training and equipping to releasing. Some of us here today, there's some people uh, not in a not in a vengeance way or uh, um, an offense way. We just need to release them from the debt they owe us. The emotional debt, the hurt, we just need to release them. Why? Because everything you need now and for the future, you already possess it in Christ. And if God be for you, who can be against you? God is with you. Some of you need to take your wife on a date. You got in a fight last night. It's okay. Go spend double for the trouble on her today. That's for all my Pentecostals right there who speak in tongues. Double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. <laughs> God is with. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. Doesn't, doesn't mean everyone's going to take advantage of you. It means people realize they can't take advantage of you. You can't manipulate me if I know what you're doing. So I want to repeat this today as we stand today. To have healthy disagreements, and I hope this is an equipping message for you today that the Holy Spirit would help you to live out. I know who I am. Would you repeat that after me? I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. And I know who's with me. I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. And I know who's with me. Father, I pray for each and every individual here today. As we open our hearts, um, God, our hearts are available to be softened in your presence. Um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the glory and the power forever. Amen. Guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. All the issues of life flow from our hearts. So Lord, we know today that you have the power and the ability, as the scripture says, to give us a new heart. If you don't know Jesus today with every eye closed, and, and you're like, I need a new way of operating, a new operating system in my heart. I wanna know Jesus in a new and profound way, or maybe it's been a long time since you made a commitment to God. I want you to just wave your hand at me real quick. I wanna say a prayer with you. Wave your hand at me real quick. God bless you. God bless you back there. God bless you. God bless you. The Bible has two things it says. It says, uh, it says more than that, but these particularly two things. Um, the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can know its ways? But there's a, a more uh, 
freeing scripture that says that God has given us a new heart. And so today, as you are praying, God's giving you a new operating system, a new heart, a new way to function, a new life. And you're gonna walk in the power of the Holy Spirit like never before. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. And if you uh, raise your hand today, I want you to make this personal. It's gonna be a changing day in your life. Would you repeat after me? Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Today, I want a new heart. Today, I receive you. I receive your ways. I receive your love. I receive your salvation. My life shall never be the same. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen.